Welcome to Classic Car Corner, where we talk cars. We're proud to be sponsored by GD Herring, providing protection solutions for your legacy assets, including classic cars. You can find them in my Sunday Drive blog at gdherring.com. If you're interested in collecting classic cars, check out my new book, Drop Throttle Oversteer, now available at Amazon in paperback. The book talks about the fun of classic car ownership and ways to protect your classic automotive investments. And finally, please take a second to hit the like button and leave us a review of the podcast. A review is really the most powerful way you can help us reach more people. I'm Jason Painter. Along with me today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel. Our special guest today is Jason Schmidt. Jason Schmidt is an owner of the Derby City Dream Cars, and uh, it's certainly a pleasure to have you along here today. I had a pleasure of working with Jason about four or five years ago, and what stood out most about Jason is his love and passion for cars, and he also was very mindful of the type of cars that were going to his customers. And since then, I know that he's built up a great clientele base, so I commend you on that. Very wow. good. I appreciate it. And uh, gentlemen, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So uh, on the Derby City Dream Cars, obviously, we're all abuzz about what you've got going on. Tell us a little bit about how, to, how that got started. Well, uh, it it was kind of pushed upon me by a good friend initially, uh, a guy that's always, want, you know, he's that friend that's just always saying the thing that was funny in the moment, and you never know what's going to come from him, right? So we're hanging out, and he's like, you know, Jason, you should just buy a bunch of exotic cars and rent them out to the public. And I was like, no, <laughs> that sounds like a terrible idea. A, I don't know how he would start it. B, I don't know how you would frame it, and I just know that someone's going to smash something up at some point, and that's going to be a whole other mess. But he kept saying it, and he actually took the initiative to go to another exotic car rental company in uh, Nashville. So he does this whole experience, and he's Snapchatting, and he's Facebooking, and he's texting me, and he's doing all these things. And he rented, uh, I think the first time, it was a Lamborghini Huracan, a 2015 car. And it was a nice car, red, black interior. And he was just driving around Nashville. And I'm like, are you having fun? Is it what you thought it would be? And so he ends up getting all this information from the company. And he comes back and he keeps on me. He keeps on me. And this is probably over the course of a year he's working the idea into my head. So then finally, the owner of that company and I, I had bought a, a Lamborghini down in Nashville. So it's like, well, let's go to dinner. Let's talk about it. And... You know, we'll just see what's what's shaking. So we did, and we had a good a good conversation. He was a, a good person, uh, and the business seemed to have a really interesting buzz around it and a, and a vibe around it. And so they operated at the time out of a repair shop that worked on tuner cars and in tuner car culture, and it was just neat. You know, we pull up and there's all these exotic cars around, and there's these young guys running this company, and I'm just like, well, that's cool. I want to do that. I mean, I want that. That vibe and that buzz, especially if it was around the dealership, because I could tell the repair shop was feeding off of that energy too. So I was like, "Man, that'd be maybe something we could do with a dealership and rent these cars." And long story short, uh, struck up and agreed with him to learn kind of what they were doing and how they were doing it. Most of it was right, some of it wasn't, but uh, I think it was a good start, and it got us in the business and got us on the ground. So I said, "Well, I will pay you." And you need to send some cars up to Louisville, and I'm going to keep them for six months. I'll send them back to you, and then after that, we'll figure it out. So we had some cars up. 
we uh, did our thing, and it was right. It was February, March, uh, two years ago, two and a half years. Yeah, two years ago. So we were coming into the spring, and we had these cars there, and we got them up in February. We put them in, and we were locked and loaded, and then it just absolutely turned freezing cold and snowed at the beginning of March for like no reason, incessantly. And I was like. <laughs> Well, that's perfect. (laughs) That's a good way to start. Because if someone's going to spend the money, they want it to be, you're going to get the bang for your buck, right? You're not going to rent it on a day when you don't have time to drive it. You're going to rent a car when you get all the time in the world to do nothing but enjoy it for that day. So when the weather turned, snap, and the whole thing, you know, we just started getting phone calls and people get being interested and the news media did us a good service. Um, we were pretty well broadcast out on the stations, on the channels, and doing some some appearances with things. And I tell you, it was fun because I mean, in this realm, most of the folks that can afford this stuff just choose not to because they don't even want to be bothered with it. Mm-hmm. So the folks that actually buy these cars not only have the money, but they're really interested in dealing with all the stuff it takes to have this thing. It just sits right and. I tell you that it, it's it is worth it if you're a car person. If you're not a car person, you still may find it enjoyable for different reasons because the attention it brings or the fun everybody else has with it that day. But if you're a car person, this is a great way to exercise that fantasy moment in your head. You know, like pulling up to a steakhouse or your favorite spot in a car that you just dream about, which mm-hmm. is why we like the name so much and when you put the time and the place and the vehicle together, it kind of like you have your own little James Dean, Steve McQueen <laughs> moment, you know, and, and that's what we're all kind of looking for. I think we associate the lifestyle and the picturesque uh, images we have in, in, in these cars themselves. And so it really is, man, when we first got going, I was just all abuzz with it all the same. And so, uh, yeah, man, that's kind of how we got started it was a couple years ago on a whim, on an idea that we well formulated, but uh, so far so good. Well, that's awesome. So, so I'm sure there's age limits. I'm sure there's qualifications, and I'm sure there's probably even a tutorial about if somebody who rents the Ferrari. Uh, Eric brought up a good point earlier. He's like, okay, do you have to turn the wheel to the left hand, you know, to to 11 o'clock and then push a button or something? Just if there's some type of anti-theft device on there that that people need to know about or. Well, there's a process. and, And that process is designed to keep problems from happening. So we don't want to be overly like beat people over the head with it, but we have to tell you how to drive the car. We have to make sure we're within the legal limits to do so. And then we also have to make sure that we got protections if and when it goes bad. And odds are it's going to go bad on some level where mm-hmm. somebody has an accident or somebody scrapes something. And how do you deal with that? You know, mm-hmm. So uh, we're, it's a start to finish saying, you know, I guess it, specifically there is no age limit from a stratus standpoint because – I have rented to a lot of these guys coming out of U of L in UK. You know, they sign a contract twenty years old. They got more money than I do, <laughs> so uh, they got way better insurance than I do. They have all the stuff. So I've rented to a lot of the guys coming out of the programs locally that found success in the league. Uh, we were happy to have them. You know, we were really pleased that we have been able to cater to some of these guys because 
we're fans, right? You know, mm-hmm. so we get to to have them in our shop and pick them up from the airport and pal around with them for a second, and they get to deal in our environment. It's like being on the court with uh, your favorite ball player, but they're in your garage, right? You know, yeah. and, and that's oh yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. That's cool. Absolutely. So you know, these guys are you know some of them are uh, you know six seven, lifting weights, <laughs> dust till dawn, and they're just you know not necessarily suited for some two door sports cars, but Regardless, you know, um, the age limit isn't so much about your capacity to cover the situation. So okay. if you're making good money, I also have a lot of guys that are younger and they're business people, but they also have the wherewithal to drive the vehicle. Their insurance is proper. Their license is proper. Their driver's history is clean, and mm-hmm. they take care of the cars. And so yeah. we've had r- multiple people that are <laughs> repeat customers very frequently, and some of them are young. Yeah. But mostly it's it is your insurance, right? Well, let me ask you a little question on the insurance. Is your standard like our policyholder, our rental coverage, rental coverage, accidents, does your business fall in that? Or, it does. Or yeah. do you recommend if you – do you need to boost that coverage to rent this car temporarily, like do a 30-day rider so, for extended rental car insurance? So your liability coverage doesn't affect us. Um, what affects your capacity to drive the car under that rental policy of your own that comes with your owner's policy of your personal vehicle is your property damage portion. Okay. So if your property coverage is 50000 60000 100000 whatever it is, if that covers the value of the vehicle plus 15%, then we're fine. If it doesn't, then we can't rent you the car until you increase your property coverage. Okay. It's pretty common that people have to do so. What's interesting is, is that it's so cheap. I mean, I would say an average driver with a, a ticket or whatever could increase from fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in property coverage for like five to ten bucks a month most of the time. Hmm. And f- people that rent from us usually make that adjustment, either forget about it or leave it there because they plan on renting again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's the key component to the insurance. In this market, it got really tough when we first started because insurance dried up. You, you actually cannot get this this company insured properly when I say properly. I can't find a, a carrier to give me the insurance coverage that tells me as a business, yeah, just rent to whoever, you're good. <laughs> Doesn't, I mean, they, they just literally don't do it. So the only way to do it is we actually make your policy give us the verbal verification that you're covered to drive our car. And when we get that and we record that conversation, that's pretty – that's pretty trustworthy, you know. Uh, I would think it had to be a super strange scenario to d- dive outside of that. So we have a another policy that's kind of like a safety net, you know. If something were to pierce through that and come at us, then we got that policy that's kind of standing in place to take care of those situations. But we've never had to go past level one, and we've only had to deal with level one at a small por- a small amount of times. So when you get to the point, I've come in. Eric's got his favorite i don't have my favorite i'm going to go through the entire catalog i'm going to rent one i'm going to rent the rest of them and then come back for more love it so i get the first one and i'm going out there i've did a little research and i see do you have provisions in your contract with me that says enjoy the car drive it safely you cannot take this ferrari or lamborghini to a track because i have seen something like some people talk about how we don't let you go to a track 
Well, a rental agreement, word for word, is pretty penalizing to the customer, <laughs> right? You can't race it. You can't track it. I mean, you, you have a mileage limit. We know where you are on GPS. I know pretty much everything that's going on. My biggest fear is transference of driver. Mm-hmm. You rent the mm-hmm. car, let him drive it. I've never talked to him. I don't know who, what his insurance coverage is. So that's a very easy thing. It's like, oh, I've had a couple too many drinks. Why don't you just take this thing home? Well, that sounds like a great idea, someone trying to be safe. But say the sober driver gets hit by somebody. Right. Well, now I'm in a situation where I don't know the insurance coverage of the person behind the wheel. So my biggest concern is people handing the keys off to somebody. And, mm-hmm. I, and I make very specific reference to that in the contract that says if you do that, you're legally going to be in a, a, a pretty big pile of water. So, you know, take that risk upon yourselves. And, you know, legalities don't exactly pay you the way they should. I can have all the protections in the world and still have to chase somebody for money. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we don't have to do that because, for the most part, people that we rent to have been pretty honest, straightforward, and taking care of the cars the way they needed to. And I tell them when they leave the garage, I'm like, all things aside, this is my baby. Please do not screw with it. Like, mm-hmm. just... Treat it like you just bought it, and if you do that, you can rent from me as many times as you want to. I mean, you expect people to, if you, you're renting a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or any high-performance car, they want to have a little bit of fun with it within reason. Without question. And I'm sure you expect that. I do expect it. Um, and you said you can track them. You know what they're doing. I mean, do you? I know braking force. I know acceleration force. Okay. I know speed, everything. Whatever, everything they're doing on the car. Right. That's pretty awesome. So do you get some type of an alert that beeps that says, okay, wait, this guy's going. You get above 95 miles an hour, I get an alert. Okay. And then I send a pleasant text. Hope you're, hope you're <laughs> nice. having fun. <laughs> and I don't even reference the speed. All I say is, I hope you're having fun. Let me know if you need anything. Okay. Do you, or if any I get an alert that goes above 110, I send him another text or call him. Hey, I see that you're you know testing the car out a little bit make sure you keep that under 95 miles an hour if you don't mind and if i get a third warning or if i get an excessive speed warning of 131 41 50 most of the times i just show up gotcha and i pull through or some right one of my guys pulls through and says hey i see you're going a little fast we're going to do a little walk around the car make sure everything's okay and we're going to tell you that the next time it happens we'll see you again but we'll be taking it with us so you know we we, we try to be respectful uh, I even give people options, man. I always tell folks, I'm like, man, if you're out and about, have two, three, four drinks. And then text me and tell me where the car is, and I'll send a Bentley for you, and you can ride around the back of that the rest of the night, and the car will be where you are when you wake up. So somebody's staying in a hotel, the car will be in a valet form. They wake up no different than they would have drove it home. Now, they'll get charged a little bit more for the help, mm-hmm. but, we <laughs> gave, but we gave them an option not to screw up. Right. right. And that was our biggest goal with trying to help the insurance part of this deal was mm-hmm. let's make sure we have smart ways to assist people when they get in a situation where they don't have to make a judgment call that puts us in danger. So Very yeah. cool. Now, do you have excessive slow driving for, if somebody's driving the Rolls Royce? Backup traffic for four miles Ooh, and having tra- people honking at you? I could care less <laughs> if they're not close. <laughs> Parade around town like watching it's nobody's TV. business. <laughs> right. Are reaching for the Grey Poupon. Well, that's that's right. Well, now that's the next question. Is there a, is there a special designated compartment on the Rolls Royce for their Grey Poupon? Not designated for the Grey Poupon specifically, but they got multiple storage compartments for containers as such. Um, though the Bentley has more crevices than the Rolls does. The Rolls seems to be more concerned with vanity mirrors and champagne flutes, which I dig the vibes. <laughs> nice. Champagne storage, champagne chillers. Yeah, you can't. 
you're in the back. What are you going to do? Right. Right. Uh, and, and honestly, the best place of those cars is in the rear. So mm-hmm. the, the Rolls Royce, that's a, it's a great, it's a great car to drive. Don't get me wrong, but in the rear of the car is I think where there was designed for. And actually I rode in the back of the Bentley that I drove tonight for the first time last night. And I was like, well, this is the spot to be like <laughs> driving. It's fun, but heck, I mean, keep going. What are you doing tomorrow? You know, it was my buddy who wanted to test it out. And I was like, man, well, how do you do this all week? Cause I think I like it back here. Those back seats That's were awesome. pretty sweet. Oh, they were beautiful. Absolutely. The back cockpit. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, we, we talked about the, you know, the excessive speed, but what kind of radius do you allow and what kind of mileage per day does one get? So at the standard rental rates that are posted, you get a hundred miles in a 24 hour rental at that rate. Now we have mileage adjustments, uh, for people who, you know, I've, I do a lot of business in Cincinnati, do a lot of business in Lexington and Indianapolis and so forth. And so people will pay the difference, uh, of the, of those extra miles. And you know, we have to do that it's because probably not 25 cents a mile, is it? Uh, it could be as much as 10 bucks a mile. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, the the Ferrari four five eight would be ten dollars a mile that you drive over. Over the hundred, okay. Well, you got to think, man. I mean, the 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 service intervals on those cars can bite you as much mm-hmm. as the value to purchase them can. You know, we got to do a brake job on a four five eight. It's eight thousand bucks, my cost, and we do the work. Uh, you know, so tires are expensive, brakes are expensive, and uh, the value of these cars can decline too if you pile the miles on them. So you know, you think about somebody's paying you a thousand dollars for a hundred miles, and you're like. Well, that's expensive. What does a two hundred fifty thousand dollar car do that gets driven a hundred miles? You know, it could, it could decline by several hundred dollars. So, it, it, you have to be mindful of those things. You know, it's a balance of of utility and usage uh, against the valuation of what you're offering to someone. You know. So, as far as maintenance goes, um, you said you do a lot of work. Do you have a garage at your place, or do we do? Do you use a specific? Uh, dealer if you need to get that ferrari worked on or i mean we only go to the dealers for computer programming resets so there's certain software that i don't have access to that i can't do certain functionality so we we just worked on a a 2019 uh dbs aston Uh, great car impossible to find i don't know where this dude found it but uh we did a full service on it it had a battery issue but i put the (laughs) went out of the garage put the whole car in the air uh, with portable jacks and the woman who was hiring us to do the job, I think was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my dude hops under the car and hooks a power lead to the starter. And we jumped the car from the starter from underneath and they had called around for four months trying to get the thing mobile and had no options. Wow. And so in fact, we came out on site and had it running and open in, in like 15 minutes, a pretty good service for them. Mm-hmm. But so, to answer your question, if you have a garage, we have full scale service offering to the public where we will work on any exotic car. Uh, there's literally nothing that we will turn down um, except Mercedes almost because we don't like to work on Mercedes. But that's not really what we're after. So, how many techs do you have then? I have one tech that does all that. You have one tech. Okay. Fantastic. And he's the only dude in the city that's worked on these things in the past 15 years. And he and I get along. I trust him. When he fixes a car, he fixes it right. If he does have to come back and touch it twice, he will make sure it's right. But I just really respect his acumen and his knowledge and his willingness to dive in and do something. Well, know? I'm sure. Uh, I mean, that's a specialized field. I mean, it's it is. being a uh, certified auto mechanic for you know BMW or Mercedes is that's even a step above that. When you get into this level car, I mean, that's a whole new 
you got to be computer savvy. You got to you got to yep. be able to learn how to do all the auto tuning on the computer and all that. And just you just don't go to AutoZone to buy a battery, right? And and throw mm-hmm. in an Ashton Martin. It's a whole different realm, um, but it also brings us a lot of great people. You know, I mean, the service and it, it, it does it obviously make a little money, but the real thing is the the connecting with the network of folks and mm-hmm. who has these cars and where they're tucked away and who owns them and the stuff we're, we're driving and that we see and that we're dealing with on a weekly basis is, it's entertaining. And know, I don't know if anywhere you can replicate some of the stuff we, we get to touch. You know, it's, you know, I used to live in Las Vegas and exotic car rental, there's dozens of them out there. Mm-hmm. So when you go to Red Rock, you always see somebody in a Ferrari or Lamborghini and they're doing a joy ride going through Red Rock, which is, pretty awesome um i don't see that that much in louisville so your clientele who are your main clientele i mean do they usually rent the car and for a special occasion or i don't see too many just joy riding if you know what i mean i was pleasantly surprised i mean the reason i fought the idea off in the beginning was i was just like there's not going to be a market for this in louisville i mean not that we can't afford it, per se, because there are people that can afford it. Sure. It's just not really a town that people are trying to flash around in. Mm-hmm. To date, I think that momentum was slowly changing, kind of leading up to our crazy current mm-hmm. times. But I think the city was starting to build on itself and starting to kind of want to put its best foot forward, you know. Uh, but our, our main renters are your everyday person. I mean, it, it's just folks like us. And when they really think about it, I think most of the time, by the time I've talked to somebody about renting a car, they've thought about it way longer than we've spoken about it. They plan for it. They research. They go to the website. They they look at the cars. They call. They'll they'll like posts online. And then finally they get across the hump of wanting to rent. It's not cheap. That's probably the biggest hurdle or we would do it every day, right? Mm -hmm. I I mean, not any of us. We just drive any of this stuff every day if we could. But it's it's not cheap and it's not practical. But on an occasion where it makes sense, it can really change the dynamic. You know, how many anniversaries, how many birthdays do people have? How many proms, how many weddings? You know, there's lots of occasions and reasons to do something like this. Plus Derby Week. Derby Week, our chauffeur service is through the roof. People are too drunk to drive for the most part that week. And they're going from one place to the other, so I don't even... I mean, we rent out, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but... That week almost scares me more than I, <laughs> I, I make money from it because uh, people are partying. Any celebrities that you've met with this? A lot of sports stars. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, a, some musicians. Uh, we know we do a lot of music videos and stuff like that, and it was kind of cool because I feel like we're kind of helping the, the music scene here locally. Too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, we did Jack Harlow's video, um, a couple of them actually, uh, in the past year and. Seeing him blow up's been fun, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a local local guy that's splashing around with some pretty top tier talent these days, and maybe even top tier talent himself. Uh, mm-hmm. But but we did uh, we did a music video for him, and it was at it was at uh, was it the skate rink over there in Hikes Point? What's it called? The Champs? It's not uh, Robin's Roost. Robin's Roost. It's at Robin's yeah, Roost. Roost. That's right, dude. So I get a phone call, and you're like, "Yo, come to Robin's Roost with some cars." Like, you know, we're gonna shoot this thing, and so we go over and do hang out for about an hour then we shoot the video and bryson tiller's there and you know jack hall's ripping it up and a couple uvl basketball player grads that are hanging out inside they're they're chilling with us and you know we're seeing somebody that's it's a hometown hero now but we've also done a lot of music for some kids that are just getting started and 
between four people saved up six hundred dollars to rent a Rolls Royce for two hours for a music video. Good for them, right? You know, they get <laughs> mm-hmm. to look the same that their idol does that's making multi million dollar videos. You know, it's the same car. Mm-hmm. And that's cool for them. It's only a few hundred bucks away at that point. Same way with uh, you know, someone whose kid idolizes Lamborghini. Well, you know, they do something great or they just want to reward them or maybe it's for both the parent and the child because they both love cars. You know, family kicks in a little bit, they come rent a Lambo for a day, come rent a Ferrari for a day. Most of the time, it's people just splurging on themselves. Um, and like I said, it's not for everybody, but it is for car people. And once they do it, they they usually come back. I would say a large portion of people that come through the door one time become repeat customers. Because once you kind of get into it you know you really you enjoy it you know it's it'd be hard to go back as as a certain point you know if i didn't have fun stuff to drive i'd be extremely sad (laughs) right well that's one of the things we always talk about here is that cars i mean the reason we have we do the podcast because of the experience that automotive experience and every car has a little story behind it has a little history behind it and we talk about the smell of cars you get into a, Absolutely. you open up the door to the, his Delta 88 out in the garage, and it smells the same as his 84 Delta 88. And we, all three of us had 84 Delta 88s at one point in time. They all smell the same. Get into a Mercedes, they smell just like a Mercedes from 20 years ago. Beamers smell the same, for sure. You get inside a Volkswagen Beetle, it smells the same as a Volkswagen Beetle you got into when you were a kid. So, so some of these cars had that innate, innate scent mm-hmm. and that experience. So I'm, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you get in the whole, your whole business is about that experience. It's not so much the car, it's the experience that that car is going to bring out. It's kind of Disney. Well, uh, the whole business is a bang for the dollar experience. If you had the means or the desire to buy any one of these cars, go do it. Purchase it, maintain it, store it. And by the time you get down to really driving it and how much you use it, the effort you went to go through the first three steps is probably pretty expensive and time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Or you can just call me up and rent one for a day or two, and you'd be done with it. And you don't have to worry about it after that. And that's just, uh, honestly, it would make sense to do that on almost any level. By the time you actually amortize how much you use something of this mm-hmm. caliber versus what it takes to, to, to do it. And that's why I think it was a great like group-sharing model, right? Because... All of us could could hop behind a wheel of these things and give each one of us that experience. Or otherwise, you'd have to buy one. You'd have to buy one. You'd have to buy one. And that's just that's exhausting. And who's really going to do that? So it usually just stays off in the background. It's like this mythological level of car that maybe we'll see, maybe we won't. Right? Well, right. I'm trying to give everybody that feel if they really want to. You know. And those pictures last forever. So once you're in it and you're driving it, and you get the yeah. video of you driving past the down the neighborhood, and you get that experience will never go away you've Never. got video evidence you got photographic evidence and the memories obviously and the memories of yeah. it and the yeah. stories you're going to tell about everybody of the things and the lies you're going to tell about what you did in it <laughs> but you didn't because you got a contract and you know jason's watching you yeah right exactly <clears throat> absolutely so so what has surprised you the most has, has there been any oh well i didn't think about this or oh wow how about that have there been any you know cool things that come to mind that uh well i mean there's there's always surprises in this business but man it really surprised me how much i enjoyed it 
Because when you actually break it down, we don't really make a whole lot of money from it because it's a cost. <laughs> it's expensive adventure. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes a lot of effort, man. And, you know, I, I get notifications on my phone. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I have 33 notifications because I get it every time that the car starts, every time the car stops, every time it goes out of parameter, I get a notification. So that's a little stressful, you know, because I rent not only my cars, but I rent other people's cars. Mm-hmm. And if I put my word behind their car and all I did was make a few hundred bucks from somebody, but I got a quarter of a million dollar liability on my word with somebody else. That's a friend of mine. I'm the person in the middle with the most to lose. Mm-hmm. So it's been a continuous risk on my part to offer this to the public, but it's been worth it because of who we met and the cars we get to mess with. And now almost every week we're just doing something off the cuff. That's making it entertaining. And I'm surprised how much it captivated my attention because I, you know, I, I like to keep a lot of things in the bucket, a lot of things going on. But being a car guy for a long time and and a business owner with all the struggles it brings, I still like sit there at my desk and look out in the garage. And I'm like, hot damn, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I liked it. I like it. Absolutely. It's what was what were the first like first three or four? You mentioned that the first, when you first started, they had a couple cars that come up. What were the first handful of cars that you had? Twenty sixteen Bentley Mulsanne Speed, black on black, uh, great car. Had forty two hundred miles when we got it. Then we had an Audi R eight V eight with a five speed exhaust, cat delete, obviously. Uh, car was really really solid car, and 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 I had never had an R eight, so that was exciting. We also had a Corvette Z06. It was a 2017. A nice vehicle. That would be the C7 model, 650 horse. You couldn't keep tires on that mm. car because it just abs- – I hated spinner. renting it. I hated renting it because it was rear-wheel drive and just meaty. And, I mean, gosh, we would literally just – tires get burned off that car in no Torque time. Torque for days. Mm-hmm. And so those were the first three cars we started with when it was snowing in late February, <laughs> early March. Now, there, uh, is the R8 an all-wheel drive? It is, yeah. So you had, you had one that was working. Right. And we also had a 1996 uh, Dodge Viper GTS that was about 850 horse to the rear wheels, and that was a, a too terrifying of a car to put in the public's hands. Um, so we had those four out of the jump, and then the next car, uh, the next two cars we got was a Ferrari 458 and a Lamborghini Huracan. Mm. So, and that was just before Derby we got those cars. Definitely a fun and exciting business. Absolutely. I, now I'm just going to step away here and grab the chamois here and wipe my chin off here because I can't. <laughs> well, uh, Jason, thank you so much for joining us here today. Of course. Um, you can check out uh, Jason's website at DerbyCityDreamCars.com. Uh, and uh, be sure to like us on Facebook, uh, the Classic Car Corner Podcast. And uh, thank you for joining us here today. I appreciate it. Thank you. See you next time.